0: What's going on? Brian Phillips, editor and staff writer here at PetsPulpit.com. coming at you with another episode of Deep Down the Middle, episode 5. Joined by my co-host, Ryan Kieran. Ryan, how are we doing this week, bud?
1: I'm good. I'm dealing with a uh, dog who doesn't want to listen right now. But other than that, uh, we're doing great. It's Combine Week. Living the dream. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing
0: fantastic. Uh, yeah, Maya is the official show mascot, so if she wants to cause a ruckus, hey. She can do that. She's our also our uh, right as of right now, our show's only official sponsor. So, mm-hmm. um, light news week. Uh, really, yeah. the only thing going on in Patriots land. Uh, Nick Casario, he's back. Ryan, how much is this the huge underrated move that's that is is absolutely critical to the Patriots offseason? Uh,
1: not underrated because it's. It's like when Dante Star- Skarniecki came out of retirement and everyone started saying, oh, you know, he's one of the best offensive line coaches of all time to sound smart. And then everyone started saying it as if no one else knew it, even though everyone else knew it. That's kind of how Nick Casario become, you know, the, the I want to sound smart take now is, oh, Nick Casario is crucial to what the Patriots do, um, which isn't necessarily wrong. What he's done has been great. Um, so it is, I would say it is critical to the return. I think that, you know, having more smart minds in the building is never a bad thing. Um, I do wonder how much of a difference it would have made if he did leave, but it's always great to have him back. I
0: I agree. I agree. I just don't think it's this this man. It's not like it's going to be a wrench in the gear. The machine's going to keep moving when he eventually Mm -hmm. leaves. Uh, There's only so many jobs out there for for, him, you know, 32 jobs, you know, on the planet, uh, you know, general manager jobs. Um, So the cars just didn't fall in his favor this year. Uh, Eventually Mm -hmm. he's going to get the opportunity to go somewhere else and, and try to build something, which I want for him. I want for everybody that has success in, in in Foxborough to go out and do their own thing and and see if they can succeed. That's, that's Mm -hmm. fun. It's fun to watch the the Belichick tree infiltrate the entire league. uh, Like it has done for 20 years. Um, But like I said, I don't think even if, even when he does leave, I don't see it, you know, stopping this machine uh, that Bill Belichick has built. Um, all right, light news week around the NFL as well. Um, a couple of contracts to talk about: uh, Chuck Clark, safety in Baltimore, uh, get a modest deal, um, I believe somewhere around fifteen million over three years. Uh, star Luchalele, defensive tackle uh, in Buffalo, takes a pay cut, restructures. Um, keeping his compensation in line with his performance. Brandon Dunn, it was just reported today uh, here on Wednesday evening, uh, in def- interior defensive lineman for the Texans. He's going to be uh, inking a deal as well. Um, and then it uh, looks like Greg Olson is a Seattle Seahawk, five and a mm-hmm. half guaranteed for the old geezer uh, in Carolina, um, now going to be going to the other coast. Ryan. Is this a loss? Is this should the Patriots have been in on a Greg Nelson,
1: Greg Olson, no. hey, Greg Olson? Uh, no, I don't think the I don't I don't think he really moves the needle a whole lot. I think if uh, Will Disley's healthy in Seattle, which is a big if given his injuries the past couple of years, um, that Greg Olson isn't even going to be the best head on the roster. Um, I think it's it would have been like a slightly better Ben Watson coming in um, from this year if uh, if Ben played the whole year so it, like there there are better options if they're going to go like a cheaper option like that I'd rather see them draft someone than bring in you know ancient Greg Olson
0: I think uh it was interesting to see Buffalo in on Greg Olson yeah uh, you know you and I were talking earlier about uh Dawson Knox stepping up and having a nice rookie campaign where you don't really see that out of, t- out of tight ends at all right um specifically, you know, TJ Hawkinson is going to be a stud in Detroit, but you know, he had a tough year dealing with injuries, Mm -hmm. dealing with NFL speed, dealing with NFL, uh, edge rushers. Um,
1: right. You have to learn how to, you have to learn how at at a tight end, you have to learn how to beat NFL DBs, uh, in the passing game and learn how to block NFL defensive linemen and linebackers in the run game. Like it, it, it's a hard position to adjust to. And we know that Buffalo is in
0: this, uh, rookie quarterback contract, uh, we're going to be spending and, and looking to bring in mm-hmm. weapons to put around Josh Allen um to go along with that defense uh they're going to they're going to be pretty nice Mari Cooper yeah, whew, you know bite bite your tongue um okay uh yeah like I, like i said light NFL news week uh just today Greg uh, Robinson left tackle you know for the Rams and and Lions and Browns uh it was just uh, it was reported uh, arrested on mar- on a marijuana charge which uh, brought up the other news point this uh, this past week, um, I believe it was from last weekend, where it was floated that the rumors are that uh, that marijuana testing would be reduced to a two week window in the calendar, which is the most NFL thing I've, I think I've ever heard. Uh, it's <laughs> a- absurdly stupid. Um, my my biggest thing on that is. The the marijuana being made into such a huge deal by ownership, like, hey, we are giving in so much on this marijuana issue. Uh, Look at look at how we're bending over backwards for you, Players Union, Um, when in reality, it's really a common sense thing and should just be Mm. off the table anyway. But uh, Ryan, any thoughts on the marijuana thing before we get into our main topic this week?
1: So my only thought is that uh, he was arrested with possession and uh, intent to distribute or to sell. And just just the actual visual of like a six foot eight NFL left tackle um, walking out to the corner and trying to sell someone some something anything is just very funny to me. Not very uh,
0: incons- inconspicuous or not very conspicuous. Uh, In- grammar. Gram- this yeah. is not a grammar <laughs> podcast. Um, okay. Audio medium. Moving on to our topic this week. Since it's Combine Week, uh, and we know the NFL is a 365-day, 366-day uh, this year. I believe it's a leap year mm-hmm. uh, news cycle. Um, the first being uh, that the Combine is, is really the first major thing on the schedule. Um, the debate is, does the Combine stink? And I'm here to tell you that the Combine absolutely does stink. And here's the reason why. It's because not, it, my main issue is the performance drills that are, that are talked to death, um, specifically the 40-yard dash and the bench press. Um, practically everything we're seeing them do from a drills perspective, it, you, if you can't discern the player's skill on tape, there's nothing that these tests and it's it's been beaten to death on, on Twitter, but there's there's nothing these tests can't show you on tape. And if they're popping up in the drills that they and they weren't showing up on tape, it's simply a matter of the fact that these guys are are coaching their bodies for these drills. Uh, we, we've we've heard multiple times from guys that um, you know yeah I ran a four seven and then I trained for literally three weeks or a month on how to run a forty yard dash effectively uh, and I I clocked in at a four five eight that four five eight from a four seven is what is going to bring you over most teams thresholds so here's my thing what I would like to see if the NFL. I, First of all, I would scrap the whole damn thing. Make it a regional thing. Don't even televise, Don't even make it an event. Because that's that's how much I think the production is stupid. But since we are going, we've gone down the road. There's no turning back now. If you're going to make it a production, make it a real production about the things that matter. Now, obviously, you can't go behind the scenes and get guys' medicals. There's <laughs> there's HIPAA laws. You know, you, you can't violate the medical the medical stuff. But the most the most important aspect of this entire scouting combine week is the player interviews, and we have no insight into it as fans, and it's something that if you're going to make a production out of this entire thing, I want in on it, and it's something I would pay to do. How would you do it? Who knows? Would the teams complain? Every single one of them would. You get 32 teams complaining about allowing cameras into their interview process. How? I'm not here to to, to roll out the entire format or structure on this thing. But, hey, your conference lost the Super Bowl. These 16 teams have to allow cameras into a certain portion of their interview process, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about all the rules and how you did it, but I would pay minimum $50 to watch a special on behind the scenes of how these teams are going through their draft process and their interview process for these players. I want to see guys up at the whiteboard. I want to see the interactions with the coaching staff and how these guys are handling questions and, you know, it would be an incentive to not have all these ridiculous, some of these ridiculous questions you hear pop up, some of these horror stories, um, you know, and from some of these player interviews, Ryan, uh, how far off base am I here?
1: Uh, I mean, you're not entirely off base. I disagree. I disagree with the premise that the combine stinks. Um, I think people look at the combine the wrong way. I think that the combine is a good bucket sorter. So, in in good and bad ways, I don't think that we should be saying, "Oh, John Ross ran a four two four forty; he's a lock to be in the top ten now." Um, I think that we are four two one, whatever you know, whatever the record was. Um, I think that, however, that we should be looking at certain thresholds at certain positions and saying, "Okay, if you run a sub seven second three cone as an edge rusher, I'm going to pay attention to you." It doesn't mean that you're good automatically, but now I'm intrigued by you. And if I wasn't before, I'm going to go look at you. Um, if you run a four, seven as a wide receiver, 40 yard dash, you're not a wide receiver. You're just not, you're, you're not. Um, if you run a four, six, five, I will give you shot. I will have doubts, but give you a shot. Like if you run a four, seven, I'm just, that's it. I think Jarvis Landry ran a four, seven. And that is like deep, like that's the slowest you I'll go. Um, and then there are some positions that I just don't care. I don't care what a quarterback does at the combine. I really don't. That's where I care about interviews that we don't get to see. And I, I do, there's no way it would ever happen, but I do ideally would like to see how interview process goes. See guys on the whiteboard. just would never, ever happen. So it's not even worth really thinking about, um, make the, uh, QB throwing drills where they throw into wide receivers, put a DB on the field, you know, make it more realistic. Um, because right now the only thing that you can say is if someone looks bad throwing against air at quarterback, they're done. They're, I don't care about you. Uh, if As long as you don't look atrocious at throwing against air, you're probably going to raise your stock at the com- combine as a quarterback. Um, so I think that how we look at the combine needs to change, and I think that they're forcing this you know primetime event just because that's what the NFL does when I don't think that many people actually care that much about it. And I think they're going to learn that this year now that it's on primetime. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's the thirst for football. So that's just, just that strong. Uh, but it's something that I, I personally don't care about watching at all. Like, I just want to see the numbers after the fact. Um, and I think there are play situations and players where, you know, how they do at the combine is going to impact how I think about them, just because they're kind of in that in-between state where I'm not entirely sure. And that's only a couple players every year, but that's where it does matter. Uh, sure. So I, I don't I don't fully disagree with you. Um, I just I think that it's it's more that the combine is looked at the wrong way than I think the combine is useless.
0: Fair, fair, and I understand my 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 want to look into the inside of this, uh, uh, you know, the behind the scenes Correct. of player interviews. How unrealistic that is. Of course, it's unrealistic. But uh, you know, you know, if I was changing anything that was realistic, and then you kind of touched on it is. I want to see, I don't want to see guys thrown against air. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather have more time spent on how fast can you process information that you couldn't prepare for. And that is facing other guys that is learning, you know, we gave, you know, we give these groups of guys, you know, put, put guys in groups and give them, you know, a series of plays that they have to learn, you know, on the fly or, You know, the day before they have one day to to install 10, you know, 10 plays and learn their assignments quickly uh, and then have them go at, you know, have them go against defenders um, and see what these guys are doing with information that they couldn't, that they didn't have privy that way. They weren't privy to beforehand, Uh, mix it up a little bit. My God, I don't. And you know what? I can't watch Rich Eisen run one more forty yards. No, no,
1: thank you. I, I can't for, do it. for a good cause, but, but sure. No,
0: but, but give the money anyway, and then just right. You know, just don't, don't right. do it. Um, okay. Anything else to add on the combine before we move on? Um.
1: Yeah, it's, like it's kind there, of boring. It's a, it's a yeah, it's boring.
0: Yeah. It's boring as hell. The,
1: the the issue I think the issue production wise in the way that it currently exists is that they decided that the forty yard dash is the premier, uh, and I just do not care about the forty yard dash in most cases, uh, unless someone's going to threaten to break the record, and even then I didn't even see John Ross's record breaker. I've never seen it. I just you know I got the notification like five hours later when I got back to my phone that day. When you watch um,
0: when you watch these guys run these four twos and four like you can't see that it's right. a record you can't be like action oh, is about to be a record right. you can't know
1: right. wait, wait, until... wait to see the timer and then you wait like an hour to see the official time right um i though i think that if they fo- if they shifted that premier focus to be on the drills and they made the drills a little bit more competitive like i think the gauntlet for wide receivers is, is a cool one not that it's perfect but it does show an ability to quickly react to passes and to also maintain your um I don't know how to explain it properly, but like it maintained the way that you're moving. Cause they're running along a straight line, constantly shifting their focus. So you'll see some guys that can just stay on that line and turn and make catches. And you'll see guys that are kind of, as they turn their head, they're like swerving back and forth and that type of stuff matters. Body control matters. How comfortable are you moving?
0: Right. You know, with, right. with, again, that's information. How, how fast do these guys process information and do their bodies react to it? Um, is is all important stuff. I think there's ways right. that we could see it better. Now, and before we and you on... just need
1: to not and you just need to not overreact to that too. Because I remember one year watching the gauntlet. Cody Core, uh, wide receiver from Ole Miss, the year Laquan Treadwell <laughs> also came out, killed the gauntlet. I was all in on him. um He carved out a decent career for like a seventh round pick. He's like a special teamer. I had some wide receiver stuff for the Bengals, but you know he's nothing. Right. Um,
0: The only gauntlet I really would care about and I would like to see, and I, you know, if I actually, if I could change anything, it would be the gauntlet would be the Double Dare gauntlet from (laughs) early 90s Nickelodeon. Can you make it through the nose with the GAC and the, Mm -hmm. you know, okay. Um, All right. Uh, We are right on schedule here, Ryan. This is amazing. Yeah,
1: this is the best we've ever done.
0: Uh, A minute and a half each on uh, one transaction or prospect or something you'd like to see happen this Patriots offseason. Ryan, go.
1: I'm uh, throwing an audible on you from what we talked about pre-show because you reminded me um, right before we went live uh, that I wanted to talk about Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama. Uh, So this is an example of someone whose combine I am going to care about because I think that he does everything well in, at safety he does nothing um spectacularly he's a he's a solid uh run defender he's a good he can you know handle tight ends and man coverage he's a solid zone defender uh he's very smart he can play as a deep safety and cover cover one is the single high he can uh play cover two safety he can play the star position he can play the money backer position um and he's a two-year starter under nick saban and the patriots are going to have a need at safety um, I think Patrick Chung is needs to be upgraded on this year. Uh, I think that if he is back, you can get away with one more year of him. But even then, that should be the last. This should be the last year of Patrick Chung at most. Um, Devin McCordy feels like he's gone. I hate it. I hate it. Feels like he's gone. Um, so even if I think if you're upgrading on Patrick Chung and Devin mccordy is gone, you have Daron Harmon. They experimented with Jawan Williams at safety. I'd like to see that experiment continue. Uh, and then you still need one more. I think. And uh, Xavier McKinney, you trade down, uh, you, he, you could probably make him at the top of the second round uh, the most successful Bill Belichick second round defensive back. Um, you can recuperate assets that you lost for Mohamed Sanu, um, whether it's at the end of the first or at the beginning of the second, and then you can get another smart player at that position. My concerns with him is that I'm not sure what type of athlete he is because I just can't tell. He looks like a solid athlete. He doesn't really stand out. Um, he never he got like dusted by elite athletes. He never looked like his athleticism popped on tape though. So I am curious to see how he does this uh, at the combine. If he if he comes out and tests worse than I expected, then maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me and I lower him a little bit. If he comes out and you know same thing the other way. If he comes out and tests great, then maybe I up, you know maybe that solidifies how I feel about him. Um, but Xavier McKinney as ideally a trade down candidate to like the late, late twenties, early thirties in the draft, um, recuperate an asset or two, and then take him, uh, get some much needed youth into the safety position.
0: Okay. Um, all right. So if I, you know, if, if the, if the Patriots don't, if they aren't allowed to trade their entire draft for Stefan Diggs, (laughs) um, which, uh, is probably not on the table. I know you guys, I know, uh, they, they need – there's probably no team in football that needs an, in, an infusion of speed in their offense more than the New England Patriots, and it's something we've talked about for since Randy Moss, for the love of God. Um, mm-hmm. A guy that's out there who's under contract, and this is a, 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 a Patriots-esque situation here. Uh, it's kind of the same thing we saw with Jason McCourty, um, a guy who's on the outs at his current spot and uh, can be – picked up probably before he gets cut uh for a little late round pick swap uh and this is uh marquise goodwin say uh the uh, san francisco 49ers receiver who signed a a pretty pretty solid deal a couple years ago uh in 2017 he uh had just under i believe 60 catches for 952 yards um even over the last two years which he's been dealing with some injuries uh, he's averaged 17.2 yards a catch uh Ended his season this year, this past year, on IR. And obviously, we know um, all of the young weapons that San Francisco has been adding over the last couple of years. So he was kind of phased out uh, even before that happened. Um, but the guy is still literally an Olympic athlete. Uh, <laughs> he, literally an Olympic athlete. Um, even if injuries uh, slow him down a little bit, he'll still be, uh, you know, he'll still be probably the fastest pure straight line receiver in the, in in the division, Uh, maybe outside of John Brown, Um, John Brown can move. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, man, you just, you need a guy that has some straight line speed to take the top off the defense a little bit and maybe, maybe earn some of that sweet, sweet defensive pass interference yardage. We saw Brandon (laughs) cooks rack up Um, and it can, like I said, it can be done probably for a late round pick swap before they cut him. Uh, and you'd get two years of control on him. So yes, he's going to be 29 years old, but you get a 4.3 million dollar cap hit this year and a 5.85 next year. Uh, that can be worked around. You can even you can even extend and restructure a little bit. Hmm. Um, and then of course you're going to have a little more when you maybe just cut Mohammed Sanu or restructure Mohammed Sanu because six and a half million dollar cap hit for Mo Sanu, nah nah, not going to happen from not not from me anyway. Uh, okay. I ran a little long, you ran a little long Ryan. Mm-hmm. Anything to add before we uh let the loyal listeners go this week?
1: Uh Brandon Cook died for since and Patriots fans don't appreciate him enough.
0: <laughs> oh man, it's y- y- you don't know what you got till it's gone, right? <laughs> right? Um except for Chris Hogan. We know what Chris Hogan yes. is and most, was yeah.
1: Brandon Cook's most hated 1000-yard receiver in Patriots history.
0: Unbelievable. Um, okay, mm-hmm. guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Follow Ryan Kieran on Twitter, at Ryan underscore Kieran, K-E-I-R-A-N. Uh, follow me while you're on there, at B Phillips underscore SB. Make sure you're going to PatsPulpit.com all off-season long for your coverage, and help follow them on Twitter as well, at PatsPulpit. Hey, we've got an Instagram handle going, uh, Pats.Pulpit on Instagram. We are... You know, we're with the times here. We're we're Mm -hmm. young and we are hip and we are not all old people uh, like myself. Not all of us anyway. Um, All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We will catch you next week. All right, go Pats.